0: Join PrizePicks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100.
1: New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable active wear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% off- Setting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash M-I-B. That's vuor dot slash M-I-B. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns? Trust me, go to viore.com MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
0: This is Rebecca Lowe or Rebecca Lua if you listen to Suboptimal Radio and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable!
1: From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Bedford, New York, and the crap part of the South Fork of Long Island, it's the Men in Blazers podcast.
0: We back! Like USA men's basketball, we never
1: doubted Yeah, How you doing, David? I'm doing good. I mean, the weather, you know, I like a bit of sun. I'm more of a sun person than a cloud and rain person. You're more of a cloud and rain person than a sun person. So these aren't the best days for me on the East Coast.
0: Well, technically, I don't think about it in terms of where the weather's just processed. I think about it more in terms of outcome. I'm more of a cardi person. Always happy. <laughs> oh, look, I'm wearing a bit of cashmere hoodie today.
1: A bit of cashmere hoodie. <laughs> but is, that, is that from the Pep Guardiola collection? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not nearly that intricate or complex, uh,
0: We've got to start right off the top with genuinely, truly seismic news. News so seismic that even Adam Bloody Schefter is tweeting about it, emanating wow. out of our football world, that after 21 years, 17 seasons in the first team, having lifted 35 trophies. God, that number is mind-boggling. Lionel Messi is leaving Barcelona. How are you feeling, David? Because for me, it's like when Steve Carell left the office or or more than that, it's like when Glenn Murray left Brighton. I mean, Ray Hudson (laughs) stops commentating on Barcelona games and Messi's like, sod it, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, for me, this is all, you know, obviously we've got to remember all just the... I mean, they're more than great moments. They were transcendent moments that Messi, having spent his career at that club uh, since boyhood, you know, brought to Barcelona fans, La Liga fans and football fans the world over. Um, But at the same time, this for me is just a continuation of all of the Super League drama, the financial crises that are hitting world soccer, all, you know, made worse by the pandemic. And there's something, therefore, more permanent even than Lionel Messi leaving. I'm sure you'll touch on it, but this is almost like, oh my God, is this the end of days for a certain kind of football club?
0: Oh, that was about ten years <laughs> ago, Dave. But this is certainly this is certainly the human manifestation of it, or yeah. or that the kind of plate tectonics that have been shifting, that have been really scraping away. We've all heard them, but we all repress. No one wants to really watch football and talk about you know bank balances and. And, and and book value and tax, right? No one wants to. That's not why we watch. So we kind of ignore it. And then this, which meant we can ignore it no longer. But I want to talk first about the human dimension of the things. So actually, I found myself setting an alarm to get up at 5.55 a.m. yesterday, Sunday morning, so that I could watch Lionel Messi's farewell press conference. Yeah, I said to my wife, he's only going to leave Barcelona once and sob his heart out in uh, in doing so. I want to watch it. I want to be there to support him. Yes, Messi's a billionaire, as many have told me on Twitter. What do you care? He's a beast doing all right. Yes, he's earned more money in a year from Barcelona than many earn in a lifetime. But you know, we always say on this show, we forget in football that the players are human. And this bloke, this bloke especially, this man of so few words, having to stand up in a room filled with his wife, his kids, the rest of the Barcelona squad, and having to announce the words, I am done here. Essentially, I had to say Barcelona no longer want me after 21 years. Humanly, that was probably harder for Messi to do than to dribble between 10 Catafi <laughs> players and smack the ball home. You know, his, his quote, "David, I was convinced to stay here at Barcelona. This is my home, our home. I wanted to stay at Barca. It was the plan today. I've had to say goodbye after my entire life here. This is a human being who's being, you know, sent out of the only home he's ever had, rejected, exiled, humiliated. It's, it's. Only, I find it really hard to watch.
1: Yeah. And amazing, the parallels to Roy Kent's retirement speech um, on Ted Lasso, and it happening at exactly the same time in real time is uh, uh, just amazing. Um, and anybody watching those episodes and what his girlfriend does with that retirement speech will uh, will ask their own questions about what's going on with Lionel Messi's uh, <laughs> wife right now as well.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah but Ted, Ted Lasso is real, and Lionel Messi is not. It's all a dating. simulation,
1: Rog. It's yeah, all part of a yeah, simulation. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and and it's all part of a simulation. This this reality, all of it should be said, is caused by financial controls, those of La Liga, which now has regulations and has enforced them, bit little, bit late. Plus, you get a feeling that behind <laughs> the scenes, Barcelona and Real Madrid, and I find it fascinating that Barcelona were like, tweeting out and Instagramming out how sad it is that Lionel's going. Their point is more, we told you we needed Super League, <laughs> rather than looking inward at their own long-term reckless spending and, and racked up debt. But we'll get to that in a second. I, I feel sad for Lionel Messi, that this is how we had to say goodbye to Barcelona at a truly sterile press conference and not at a full spirit soaring Camp Nou. It's tragic to me for Barcelona fans too that they will never get a proper end for that relationship, which really, if you spend time in Barcelona, it transcends love. He is a... We always talked about the Church of Maradona and what Diego meant uh, across the world. Messi is, 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 is a mystical figure, almost a quasi-religious figure to so many Barcelona supporters around the world. And now he's gone. I was actually at the Camp Nou. I was, I was looking at my photos this weekend, November 29th, 2010. I went with my best friend, Jamie. Yes, the Jamie from my book. And we uh, try and go to an incredible game every year together. We chose to go and see Pep Guardiola's Barcelona against Jose Mourinho's Ronaldo-fueled Real Madrid. And that was the night. That was the night of nights. It was 5-0 Barcelona that night. Look at it on YouTube. It was just a delirious landslide of a record victory performance in which Lionel Messi was everywhere. And by the end of the night, you know, David, I'm not a... I don't consider myself a spiritual man, but the Camp Nou (laughs) that night felt like the most beautiful church that I had ever been in. Just the transcendent, just the singing the joy, the collective spirit, very few away fans in, in, in Spanish football and just that symbol of Catalan pride that Messi had made almost levitate. And first up, to all those keyboard warriors who are like, if Messi loves Barcelona so much, why doesn't he agree to stay and play for free? I'd say hot, bilious, wasted air, but it's a bit ridiculous, that. Uh, I mean, do, I, do we need
1: to explain why, David? No it's he doesn't play for free he's a professional footballer that's what he he plays football professionally he's not some amateur playing for love um and you know he's given amazing dedication to that club and his country uh argentina and i think questioning him on that is ridiculous it's, it,
0: but i mean even more to go a little more technical Even if Messi did offer to play for nothing, Barcelona could not have registered him. Such was their just woeful mismanagement of this whole thing. Letting Messi's contract run out, turn him into a free agent, which meant to register Messi, Barcelona's wage to turnover percentage had to be at 70% and it's currently... 95% 95% without him. Well done Barcelona for those four summer arrivals that you brought in. I mean, talk about blundering mismanagement in the long term. What a chronic, I mean, this is, this is a thing. This is the thing for me. What a chronic hot mess Barcelona are behind the scenes. What an illusion behind this more than a club uh, bollocks, that brand uh, trademark that they've slapped on everything. This did not have to happen. That is the heartbreaking part of all of this. In Barcelona, their debt is reportedly at $1.4 billion, mm. much of it short-term. La Liga have now said you cannot spend money, you do not have, which is life. That's how life works. And this is all self-sabotage. It's all self-inflicted. Barcelona spunk $1.8 billion, uh, more than any other club between 2014, 2019 and Seemingly, this is the most befuddling part. They're like Everton writ large. They've seemingly gotten worse in the process. $190 million for Coutinho, playing twice what Frankie de Jong was valued internally at Ajax. Dembélé, oh the story of Dembélé, just Dortmund coming into Barcelona and utterly <laughs> fleecing them. Griezmann, a record for an over 28-year-old player who really never fit in. It was all one calamity after another, top bloody dollar. When you look at Barcelona, Dave, what do you see? I mean, it's really a cautionary tale and then some.
1: We should note, by the way, that La Liga telling Barcelona what they can and can't do while they take a $3 billion private equity stake from CVC Capital. Um, for what? Which, by the way, is more than the the equity stake that, you know, massive American sports leagues are taking. It's very, very confusing when they don't really... Own much of the revenue from the TV rights.
0: I'm looking forward to Spanish fans singing CVC
1: Capital.
0: <laughs> yeah. CVC, yes, it's in the. That's why we watch for
1: CVC Capital.
0: But wait, I mean, Barcelona, from a from a footballing perspective, just it's a Ponzi scheme.
1: Look, I've worked at some of the best run corporations in the world, Roger. In well, certainly within the media business, and it's amazing how close you always are at these massive corporations to making enormous mistakes and mishandling (laughs) massive brands. You and I often have this discussion where we tend to um, overestimate malintent or evil and we tend to underestimate inefficiency and just... Just dumb thinking.
0: It's so lovely of you to say we, when really it's always me, and you're yeah. always like, no, Rog.
1: It's, it's just, just inefficiency. It's just <laughs> it's just, it's just people being dumb. There's no malintent, and so what I think here it's just a classic case of that. Is you know, so many of the problems at Barcelona were frankly papered over by. Messi and their ability to overspend massively over this years and put this phenomenal product on the field that we all thought they were really well run because they were winning things, but they were winning things because they were massively, massively, massively in debt. Um, and uh, Messi was a transcendent footballer. Calling him a footballer is almost, you know, a bad description of what he does. He is, he is godlike. He, he does things that nobody else has ever done on a football field. And his loss... Is amazing. I don't know if you watched that friendly that they played against Juventus this week at their little training ground. And it was just like, you know, watching a a bunch of European mortals, you know, knocking a ball around. Still bloody good, Barcelona. Still a pretty useful football side. Still going to cause some teams some problems. Still going to ask some (laughs) questions, Rog. But they're not going to be the same team.
0: Yeah, but it's so funny watching that game at the training ground. It was really like a taste of things to come for Barcelona. It's <laughs> just like suddenly, just like, suddenly, just like watching someone who's been steroid and juiced up just suddenly like going off the road. Yeah. It was, it's like, okay, is that what it looks like now?
1: Just small scale and completely unglamorous. Yeah, it was like watching AFC Richmond.
0: You know, the most remarkable thing about Messi, yes, we watched him in his pomp. Yes, we took it for granted. Yes, the consistency. You know, season after season after season after season, just flurries of goals. That last season, which began with anger and the Bureau facts and, as he said uh, yesterday, I wanted away. But then he did rededicate himself and played on a truly imbalanced Barcelona team and almost played better on that team just out of anger and just sadness and frustration carrying them over and over and over than he did on the Xavi and in Iniesta, it was a magical, remarkable last season. Again, I'm just sad that he was not able to leave the pitch to a full Camp Nou. But he is now going to PSG, reported to be unveiled as a Paris Saint-Germain player at a special ceremony at the Eiffel Bloody Tower <laughs> in the coming days. He will play for an Argentinian manager, Mauricio Pochettino, alongside Neymar a player whom he wanted back at Barcelona for the past couple of years, and a player who's been lobbying Messi to PSG it up in the Farmers League. Come join the Farmers League alongside me. It's going to be interesting to see what Mbappe does now. It's going to be interesting to see what what Pogba does now that PSG. It will be amazing if they can even mildly uh, bring him in. But the 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 most fascinating storyline will be Messi pulling on the jersey, running onto a field alongside Sergio Ramos in that same jersey on that same field. Mm. A plot twist like Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth teaming up in a way we couldn't imagine. And then the question is, how can PSG afford
1: him? (laughs) Because they're just Barcelona ten years ago. They're just like (laughs) they're just going to the same playbook. And also, nothing can stop us now. And also, sovereign wealth.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, essentially, you're right. PSG can afford Messi. They do it in this very special way, which is by ignoring (laughs) financial fair play and knowing that UEFA is so spineless, they won't really punish them. Or if they do, it'll be in a way that they can like totally afford and write off. And the funny thing, you know, I joked about Messi wanting to play where Ray Hudson can commentate for him. Well, being sports, they've only still got Ligue 1 broadcast rights, yeah. which is majesté How do you say that in French, Dave? majesté Majestére, Do you believe, though, at age 34, Leo is just going to be able to romp into
1: Paris and turn it on whenever he wants? <laughs> There's some uh, local French sports radio host saying his French version of Can He Do It on a, on a Cold Friday Night in Rennes. <laughs> um, we'll see I mean can he get it up to go and play for PSG and Liga?
0: here's how I think about Messi and I also feel a sadness because it does feel I'd love to be wrong on this but it does feel like the end of a of an era of Messi transcendence you know footballers are creatures of habit and when they've been at a club forever they're essentially swamp creatures their car almost autopilots itself around the city between training ground and golf club and home, briefly, and nightclub. I remember in Liverpool, everyone knew the players' cars. You know, the, the players could essentially dump the one a double yellow line anywhere in the city, and you'd be like, oh, that's Stevie G's car. No one touched Stevie G's car. And then when Stevie G went to LA, he came on our show, and he said, you know, I can't function off the field. I'm like, I, I don't know where the 405 goes. I've just been driving around it. And he was like, sushi, what's sushi? So in the same way... I do fear that it'll be for Messi in Paris. He's so used to Barcelona. He's been there since he was a child. As he said, my life was Barcelona. It will be just so disconcertingly different. And how he copes with that off the field, I believe, will be
1: determinative on it. We should say Amazon with a, a network, Rog. They've taken over league 1 rights for much of the world in a recent deal. That seems, that seems prescient timing.
0: Q Sergio Ramos going to the moon! <laughs> but what, what? In a penis-shaped rocket! <laughs> That's why he signed oh, for pretty PSG! Much, pretty much. I don't, I don't know much about Sergio Ramos. I've actually never met him, but I put so much money that he loves. He looks at a penis-shaped rocket and he's like, Daddy wants. What now for Barcelona? Oh, I mean, we, I do. I think we saw a glimpse yesterday. They do become a team in decline. They, they're built around youth now and they have great youth. Pedri, and Soufati, Frankie the Young, yes, and Sejino uh, Dest. America, uh, PSG will probably become the global powerhouse that they've always dreamed of. There was an amazing stat I read this weekend that ten percent of the tourists that come to heavily over-touristed Barcelona reported they did so just because of Messi, which is startling. Will Messi be good? We'll have to wait and see. He's thirty-four. The sad part of Messi's tears, as you said at the top, Davo is that we should probably have been crying for football rather than just for Messi. And you said it. It's really true. The notion of reigning in the game now, of saying, oh, we've seen the game needs uh, to be overseen. We need to protect the game from its own worst excesses. To me, that time has long gone, Davo. There's already a hierarchy of teams with bottomless ability to spend. Sovereign Ralph, PSG, City, Chelsea, teams essentially with oil-based ownership. We've eviscerated the notion of fair play, Dave,
1: We see it now, but isn't it too late? I mean, I think the whole fair play thing was, I mean, the fact that the financial fair play rules were put in by FIFA and UEFA, I don't think we could ever really believe in them. I mean, football is, unlike the controls, we said it a thousand times, at the NFL and the NBA and the salary cap and the draft and and, you know, those worlds, you know, football is a dog-eat-dog world uh, with promotion and relegation, with teams who are wealthy and teams that are poor. Right now, the, uh, the oil-owned teams are doing well. I don't know if you've read anything about this, Rog, but apparently oil won't last forever. Um, so there's going to have to be something else. Perhaps it's going to be the penis-shaped rocket-owned uh, teams who are going to do well in the future.
0: You know what the future is, Dave? <laughs> Plastics. <laughs> plastics you know uh it's quite funny. i was on a podcast this week with um with old network jason conception and i asked him to describe how american sports is run like what how would he describe the system and he said it's uh, over here in america uh we run sports uh in a style that could be called socialism for rich guys which yeah. i really really love and world football is not and When I watched Messi at his press conference, that was the living embodiment that the game we love has been utterly contorted, out of shape, and we're left. We're left with Messi's tears.
1: I mean, he still is, we should say, a multi, 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 multi-millionaire many, many times over. And he's gone to PSG. He's going to make enormous wages. He's going to continue to play the game he loves, and people all over the world will see it. So, um Let's not get too sad about it. Anyway, Rog, an important piece <laughs> of business from Men in Blazers World Headquarters. We are going back on Spotify Green Room to Pod Live this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a <laughs> just
0: when I thought I was <laughs> out for, for a, <laughs> a <laughs> magisterial night
1: of preseason hope.
0: Ah, oh, we are thrilled to be back on Green Room. As those of you who joined us during the Euros know, they are the best green since John. They're interactive pods where you get to join and ask us essentially come up on stage and ask us your own questions live during the pod and the only way you can ask a question is by joining the green room which
1: is very simple how do we do it david uh rog you completely ignored me talking about preseason hope probably because you have very little that's right rog (laughs) just download the spotify green room app search for men in blazers In people, not groups. You've got to search for us in people. We're not a group. We are people. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but we are people. Turn on notifications, then just log on at 6 p.m. this Wednesday and hear yourself live on the pod.
0: That's 6 p.m. Eastern time. Come be with us, GFOPs, and ask your questions, and let's all fantasize about a season in which Jordan Pickford remains England, Jordan Pickford, and not Everton, little picky.
1: hmm I think it's going to be the least of their problems. Okay, Roger, it's not just English football that's returning. College football season is right around the corner, and to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200. These numbers just what? keep on going up and up this and up. Is $200 in what? free bets instantly. Free? Who doesn't love free? (laughs) If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, you heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what
0: site credits in the face if you win you win and if you lose you still win which is the exact same
1: approach I'm taking to Everton Games this season yes download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MIB to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game that's promo code MIB to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older New Jersey Indiana or Pennsylvania only new customers only restrictions apply see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Details gambling problem. Call 800 Gambler on Indiana 1809 with it. Can we get a toast Rochelio?
0: Oh, let me just open this bud. And have a swig. I raise my first third bud of the season to the 2021-22 campaign, which starts this Friday. As the mighty bees of Brentford, hello, new friend. Take on Arsenal Football Club. There is nothing. In sports, like the few moments before a season begins, all things are still possible. Every dream remains intact. No matter how far-fetched Newcastle fans, that new striker you purchased from the Bundesliga for £10 million is going to prove to be the stealth 20-goal-a-season scorer your team has cried out for. However, I do believe this season, in which the haves, have-nots and have-so-much, it's unbelievable, have become even clearer I think we better brace ourselves for a season of lopsided victories, of massive beatdown after beatdown, in which the league, within the league, the massive club's battle, like Godzilla against King Ghidorah, will be played out with no margin for error. But let's put that harrowing trauma out of mind for one second and raise a Budfam fan to the incredible gift the Premier League is in our life. It is like the greatest telenovela being played out live, before our eyes, without a script, allegedly. And with Jack Grealish's calf muscles, Brodge's teeth, and Mike Dean, the man who believes he's playing every single Tom Hanks Oscar-nominated role all at once. And after all we've been through the past two seasons, first the shutdown asterisk campaign, then a largely fanless season... To see it play out with stadia full, and the joy and full throated wonder unabashed again, it's something we will never ever take for granted. Dave, I raise my Bud Fam, Blood Fam to savoring every single second alongside of you. Courage,
1: I can't wait for it, Roger. Really can't wait for it. Okay, to the football, or what we're gonna describe as football for the purpose of this pod, the prologue to the Premier League season, the FA Community Shield, Manchester City nil. Leicester City won a game in which neither team could break the deadlock. Thanks in part to some brilliant goalkeeping, both from Casper Schmeichel and American Zach Steffen what a save on Jamie Vardy at the end of the first half Raj not even new man city 100 million pound man and those calf muscles Jack Grealish could pick the lock in his sky blue debut as a substitute but in the 88th minute with the game looking a certainty for penalties after being tripped by Nathan Ake in the box Leicester substitute former city man Caliche Iheanacho smashed home a penalty to win it for the Foxes another piece of silverware for Leicester which we can only assume Brodge has fastened around his neck like an (laughs) illusion Olympic medal and is wearing at the Leicester training ground as we speak.
0: Oh, probably wearing just his undies. Yes, the community Look shield. Look at me
1: now. Look at me now. Every Pillar time I go community. to the big
0: smoke, I bring home. a tchotchke. Oh, the traditional opener to the English top flight season at Wembley. Coming just 27 days. 27 days after that field hosted the Euro 2020 final. We back. And yes, the teams were subpar. Leicester weakened by injury to Fofana. City, without KDB and Foden, will be out for at least a month with injuries. And it should be said, most of City's England contingent still on their jet ski laden holidays. The sight of Jackie Grealish on the bench. That John Bluto Blutarski of Aston Villa Lambda in a new frat, Davo. He's in a new frat with starting I mean, that old frat, Villa, was really all about red solo cups and just hosing the claw. But he's decided he wants more. It's time to get serious. Jack's only going to join the school's business, frat. You know, one that uses, you know, real crystal glassware. What do you make
1: of it? Kai Phi, Rog, is the wealthiest frat in the world. I assume that's the one that Man City are part of.
0: The frat so wealthy it's named itself after one of Wayne Rooney's children. I've got to be honest. I mean, Man City, to me, for the outside, does seem much less fun as a frat. You know, in every kind of good group of friends, everyone knows their role. You know, there's the good-looking one, the funny one, the moral compass, the one who's good at the bants. But at City, they're all the athletic, smart, good-looking one whose parents brought them Alexis for high school graduation. I mean, Gundawan. Who says you can't have it all, Mares? <laughs> Edison, if you like you bit of rough. And how do you think Jack's going to fare at a frat that takes rowing and a cappella singing so bloody seriously?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. KDB sitting in the corner doing his research. Um, yeah. It's tough to really know how that how that frat is going to work and how you look at all those stars and you think how are they going to gel together? But then You've got Pep Guardiola and his intricate cardigans, Rog. Yes. You, just, you just feel like, oh, he could mould Jack Grealish into some kind of footballer.
0: We'll, we'll talk about Jackie in a minute, uh, based to a complete and utterly hyperbolic overreaction to his substitute cameo. But I will say, when he was on that bench, I realised, you know, I like to project. This may have been a projection. This might not have been going on inside of Jack Grealish's mind, which may have just been filled with ideas such as I want to show the world I do know what an encyclopedia is now. I've learnt my lessons. Um, I, I thought he was just like sitting on that bench and he was just like, oh, I miss Mingzi, I miss Cashy. I miss Barkley. Oh, just everyone whose name begins and ends in an E. I just miss the lads. And, you know, no one even lights their farts at the Etihad. That's funny why he's doing on a postcard. No one lights their farts. And there's like coaches. He's so used to John Terry shouting, like, take it in the face! We take it in the face! Um, He probably doesn't know what to do with Pep, but we'll get to that in a minute. Pep, as you mentioned, I mean, it's Wembley. It's only one of football's greatest showcases. Why would you not just roll out there in a totally crumpled white T-shirt, I mean, what was fascinating about that T-shirt is that it had a seam running subtly down the back, which was saying to the world, yes, this looks cheap, but it was actually over $700 because it has a seam in the back. And I realized he's a man who even his most simple looking clothing is actually complex, Davo. You know that type really well, right?
1: Yeah, it looks a little rag and bone to me, a little bit rag and bone. Um, Yeah, but... uh... You know, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how Pep does dress this season. It's one of the more interesting sort of side storylines of the Premier League season.
0: I mean, he's done it all, really. What can he do? I think, what can he move into to, like, tweak? Is it caftan season? Is it just like... <laughs> a kick is, is, it, is, it, is it just like an all-in-one, a romper suit? I'd love that. Do a romper suit. Do, do a onesie, but... We will. I want a onesie, but I want it with pleats and with a crotch, totally cut out. I don't know. I don't know where we go, but I can't wait to get there. I mean, were we talking about this because because the game just well? I mean, lacked fluency. One team seemed to kind of care and try. The other team, obviously rusty, missing key components, was like, eh, yeah, no biggie. Both. Had brief moments of coherent play. Leicester's Harvey Barnes looking especially sprightly. I mean, he's just like, look at me. What do I have to do to make the world look at me? I love watching that player. Just his invention, his, his, his just creativity, his tenacity. I mean, essentially answers be injury-free Harvey Barnes, but like, the, he must look around at the Greelishes and the, the James Madisons with their better haircuts getting more of the attention. But as the Foxes started to force a series of fine saves from American number one or number one-ish, oh, Zach Steffen, what a save, Dave, from Jamie Vardy with that huge left side
1: of the goal gaping. You wonder if Zach Steffen's going to get some playing time this season. Uh, probably he's going to depend on what happens with Edison, but you'd like to see him get a chance and he's certainly good enough to play in the Premier League.
0: It's incredible just diving to protect huge open left side of the goal And then Jamie Vardy cannily directing the shot to the other and he just somehow got his hand to that ball even as his whole body was flinging itself the other way. Your move, Matt Turner. Then the moment Jack Grylls came on in the 65th minute as he and his calf muscles trotted onto the field for the first time in a Manchester City kit or the white and greeny blue outfit that City are passing off as their away kit this season. Hovered on the left side. Of a front three, one fine dribble, a little bit of falling over. Can I ask you, though, Davo, I thought no one had more leg days than you. Like, you have, like, eight leg days a week. But, man, i I got to say, Grealish's quads, are they? I don't know what they are because I don't have any. And calf muscles, they are
1: thick with infinite Cs. What is going on there? It looks like he's done even more work on the calves and quads. Um... During and the hammies during the off season, Roger. And he only had about two weeks in Ibiza, so he didn't have long to work on. It must have been that jet ski workout. And, um, but they're no, looking good. And that Man City kit, I think, is a good look for him. Claret wasn't his color. He
0: looks like he's had rebot pumps technology put into his down belows. And I will, I've got to give credit to City every single photograph they posted of Jack Grealish when they announced him. Um, you know. Whatever the, the, the video or the image was, you know, meeting Pep for the first time, seeing his number 10 shirt for the first time, or faking seeing his number 10 shirt for the first time as if the number 10 issue was not a hotly debated clause in the contract negotiation. Every single Jack Grealish post, City worked out a way to find an angle to accentuate Jack Grealish's calf muscles. We're going to ask, Dave, Jackie Grealish, an individual maverick... Arriving at a team that play in the ultimate collective style, a dribbler, chance creator, fitting into a total passing unit, the prince of a small team, arriving in a culture of kings. How do you see it going? You know, it, glory and wonder, or are we looking at a season of limited Carabao Cup starts and occasional substitute appearances when City are already 5 0 up against Burnley? I.
1: Uh, I think what's fascinating is it's right on a knife edge between the two and we have no idea. And is this going to be a moment where Jack Grealish steps up um, and becomes that next level player? He's going to have to play a very different kind of football at Manchester City than he played at Aston Villa, Rog. The ball moves fast um, at Man City and he's going to have to get rid of the ball fast and make a lot, do a lot more running without the ball. Um, under Pep's system and I think it's going to be a question about Pep you know Pep obviously sees something in the kid that he likes in the boy um, and thinks he's got the capability to go and play in his system we'll see what kind of a player Pep can make out of him
0: I do see it utterly as a fascinating storyline you look at what Pep did to De Bruyne you look at what Pep did even to David Silva you look at what Pep most obviously did with Raheem Sterling in terms of taking their natural talents which are superlative and melding an awareness of the game, a tactical discipline and an understanding of, of system which just as just takes them to, you know, Xavi, Andres Iniesta, and Ether. and that is what is so unbelievably bloody exciting about it. At the same time, you follow the arc of Jack Grealish's career, you don't exactly think discipline, learning curve, So we will see. I mean, ultimately, he's like the greatest improv poet. And this is about whether he can take a lead role in a serious Hollywood blockbuster movie. And that is going to that is a storyline that is going to unfurl over the next 38 games and that Champions League quest, which, of course, we will react to hyperbolically game in, game out and judge recklessly early. The game itself j Dubs texted me to say, Community Shield is how watered-down regular Premier League games would have felt if the Super League would have happened. There was one goal, penalty in the 89th minute. Ake bringing down energetic impact Serb and former City striker in the days when City actually wanted to field the striker. Ihinacho at wing gap, Stinson said... Devo, is Nathan Ake Dutch for Tim Ream? Bit harsh (laughs) on Timmy Ream, (laughs) that. But Ake will know he truly blew a massive chance to impress Pep in the worst way. We will next see him on loan at Southampton or back at Bournemouth. Um, And Zach Stefan, God love, he's like the king of sheets. Nine out of 24 penalties he saved, but this one went right with power past his fingers And that was that, David. The Community Shield. It doesn't mean a lot. We always say that. But this one felt like it did a little.
1: I don't know. Last year's Community Shield, Rog. Do you remember that game? Did Everton win? No, Arsenal beat Liverpool (laughs) on penalties in the Community Shield last year. You know, Liverpool, yeah, had a slightly you know, off season, certainly compared to their season before. I don't know that it really means a lot. I don't know that we can really, we could easily read too much into it um, and say, oh, this could be the season that Man City a little bit off the boil or Leicester are going to press again and press for that top four finish that they were so cruelly, um, you know, edged out of at the end of uh, this last season. But I don't know. I don't think we can read into it.
0: You know, to me, it doesn't mean a lot. And we laugh at Brodge a lot. Because, well, he's,
1: entertaining. he's
0: yeah, entertaining, smug, self-involved, narcissistic. But <laughs> damn, what a manager of football he is, too. That gets lost in the, you know, in the humour. And um, God, the joy Leicester City players and fans derive from this. Yeah, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. They, they're taking nothing for granted. They delighted in their Community Shield victory. And I thought it was magical. I, I'll say this. I tweeted a version of this out. If you're a fan of a mid-table team like Everton, like Villa, like Wolves. You know, to be honest, I would have tweeted out Arsenal and Spurs in that, but I didn't want uh, in my tweet to be seen to be trolling on that point and have my whole point (laughs) mistaken. Whatever you define as Mm mid-table, you can only look at the intelligent football that Leicester City play, marvel at it and wonder, why can't our club
1: be as well-run as that? Rog was probably available, Rog. You probably could have brought him in up to Everton at some point. I don't think you would have been at the front of the queue wanting that to happen.
0: I think we probably will in about 15 years (laughs) in 87 managers time, but for City, nothing changes. This was hardly their first string. John Champion actually dropped an incredible stat. He said City's average squad member costs $41 million. That's not City's starting 11, that's squad member. And we are living in a incredibly imbalanced footballing world. There are clearly more pieces to come as we will discuss in a minute as City embark on their mission of defending the title and gunning for that white whale of a Champions League victory. Manchester City open the season on Sunday in a eye-popping opening game against Tottenham. Leicester begin against Wolves. But let's look at the other big stories around the Premier League, David.
1: Rog, if the FA Community Shield isn't enough to get you hyped for the upcoming season, there is a lot (laughs) happening in the transfer market around the Premier League. News flying thick and fast, including the continued saga of Harry Kane and talk of Romelu Lukaku's potential return to Chelsea.
0: One quick note we should begin on, having rhapsodised about Jack Grealish for 87% of this podcast. Aston Villa fans are in mourning The ones I've actually spoken to understand, I think, the brutality of football's food chain. You know, we all know where we are in that food chain and we all know what happens when an apex predator comes calling. But I think it's particularly hard to lose Jack Grealish, just a local kid, a childhood fan, a man who, frankly, the the pain hurts more because he stayed when he could have gone. Mm. So many times, you
1: know, I think even when Villa dipped back into the championship, he stayed and brought them back up. Even as a non-Aston Villa fan, Rog, but someone who enjoyed watching Aston Villa, when Jack Grealish wasn't playing, you know, that that stretch through the end of last season when he was injured, you know, and every time you saw Jack Grealish not on the team sheet, it was like, oh, you're just disappointed because you want to see Jack Grealish play. I can't imagine for the Aston Villa fans who just watched him since he was a boy at that club um, you know how the thrill might to some extent be a little gone for them and tarnished watching him go to a air quotes, bigger club. Um, I think it's going to be difficult to see their favorite son go.
0: They have begun to spend the incoming wads of cash on Leon Bailey. The coveted CONCACAF Thunder Jamaican from Bayer Leverkusen and Danny Bloody Ings. So, good one, Villa. You got your Gerrans covered this season. I, I, I look at Villa, that sudden influx of cash late, late as the season about to start. And, you know, I do think about Tottenham and what they did with the bail money, which is the cautionary tale uh, for such a huge bank truck of gold arriving at your stadium. Remember, they, they got 108 million, I think, for Gareth Bale and splurge it on the, the, the famous seven, Soldado, Lamella, uh, Capu, Carriques, Polino, Chadley, and the great Christian Eriksen. We're talking about Spurs. We're almost segueing into them, Davo. So let's talk about Harry Kane. Uh, as an England fan for anyone who cares about England, not me, <laughs> the prospect of <laughs> Grealish Kane, Sterling, and Foden all starting for a club team. Mate, how do you think this is going to all go down? The the free Harry Kane, we well, you call that a saga? It is.
1: It's almost like an Icelandic saga of agony, heroicism and pain. It's sort of a mood meter, isn't it, Rog? That at one point you think that, oh, it's all over. There's no way this signing's ever going to happen. Dan Levy is going to hold his line and make sure he returns to Tottenham. And Harry Kane ultimately not wanting to alienate the fans is going to relent. And then you see Man City very vociferously not going into the market for Lionel Messi, um, no doubt to still, you know, keep those wads of money, that cash and envelopes, uh, for Harry Kane. And who knows if they end up bidding? I mean, the sums you're reading about now, 150 million uh, for Harry Kane, it's going to be tough for Dan Levy to say no while Harry Kane still isn't back in training at Tottenham.
0: Just hearing you say that is, like 150 million. And yeah, we spent a whole year agonizing over the fact that the pandemic had destroyed football's financial model. (laughs) Oh, yes, Harry Kane is said to have arrived back from exile, exile on vacation, and is beginning quarantine at Tottenham, expected to start training Thursday. I've got so much to say on this. Now, partially. I talked a lot about this on WGFOP on Friday, so I don't want to repeat myself, but partially interesting. Kane is rep by his agent brother, Charlie, You know, and you speak to people inside football, and they're like, that was a big mistake. Charlie lacks leverage. He's got no other heavyweight clients. They kind of threaten Tottenham way he's outgunned, he's outmatched in this negotiation. But second, this is what I'm quite fascinated with, and, and not enough people are talking about this. We've talked before how Harry Kane is obsessed with American sports. You know, he's become friendly with Tom Brady. J.J. Watt came on our show um, at the end of last season and talked with wonder about the relationship he's developed with Harry Kane. And in this kind of quasi-holdout strategy, Dave, I do wonder how much he's been influenced by his American sports fandom. Watching, for instance, the likes of Aaron Rodgers um, holding out, watching James Harden just Force Houston to deal him and to deal him exactly where he wanted to go, American athletes over here currently you know flexing their muscle. yes, Aaron Rodgers didn't leave, but he set himself up to and have you thought about that, David, that maybe Harry Kane won't play again until the you know his demand that the Green Bay general manager is fired is carried through.
1: I wonder how many holdouts in American sports end up being successful versus end up being disasters for both parties. I'm sure it's like a fifty fifty Split, but yet yeah, maybe there's something American about this, or maybe it's just the fact that, you know, the money unites all of these players. It's why they've got closer over the years, because the money they're all making is very, very similar and their profile is very similar. Um, I doubt it's the influence of it, but it sure is the influence of money. The difference is, of course, in, a, in American sports is you, you know, the contracts just work in a very, very different way. Um, You know, football contracts are just beyond confusing to the American sports analyst and sports fan.
0: How do you see this ending then? You know, I, can't, I kind of feel like, you know, Spurs have a stadium to fill. This Spurs stadium w- was meant to be the... Just the, the catalyst to transform the club to that next level, give them the financial muscle they need to become truly elite in Europe. The agony of it is they launched it just around pandemic. It's almost become an albatross around the team's neck. But at the same time, something is broken with this player who loves the club. We, I say this a lot. We always project players love the club like we love the club. They do not. They do not. Harry Kane did. Harry Kane did love Spurs. I've spent time with him at the club. His love of Spurs was that of a fan. Will Spurs want him to stick around angry? Don't they have to sell him at a certain point?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the sort of, you know, you know, lightly reported undercurrents of this whole story is that Harry Kane apparently believes that there was a gentleman's agreement between him and Levy and that that um, has driven Harry Kane to be sort of you know, holding his ground because, you know, Harry by reputation seems to be a gentleman, seems to be a a person of his word. Um, And I think he feels he had an agreement and feels that he's going to force it through. Ultimately, he's going to have to work very hard to continue to hold out and hold out and hold out and hold out and not buckle. The easier thing, that's why possession is always nine-tenths of the law. The easiest thing is for him to stay and for him to relent and for him to stay at Tottenham. And I still think it's not too late for him to... Um, appeal to Tottenham fans and to have them stay behind him. Um, but if he wants to force a move, Man City certainly have the money. Man City certainly have the money to turn uh, to turn Tottenham, um, and then it's just going to be an equation for Daniel Levy about whether the money that they can play um, is going to make up for the amount that they're going to lose <laughs> within that new stadium and those uh, and those shirt sale revenues. If there's anybody else out in the market who they can go and buy. But at this point of the transfer window, you know, that 150 million would be gobbled up pretty fast with, as they experienced, as you rightly said, with the Gareth Bale situation, a bunch of players who aren't, who aren't worth anywhere near that amount of money.
0: Yeah, you know, pardon me, I don't think this is going to be reconciled anytime um, soon. I think, time, I think Spurs will be in no rush to deal and this will not happen before the season kicks off. I do think they have to sell him at a certain point. I do wonder how much Dan Lee was just playing for time, both to extract the most money from City and also to buy more time to scout effectively and avoid just that, the searing bail-like waste of a ton of cash. You mentioned incoming nice news for Tottenham, a stunning $83 million bid for Lautaro Martinez from Inter Milan mm. as a possible Harry Kane striker partner slash replacement. Um, is, depending who you believe, close, close close-ish. And I do think the signing of Christian Romero is an important but not total solution to Tottenham's defensive frailties of the last season. But we tarry, Davo, talking about Harry Kane and the possibility of change when we could talk about, I mean, the biggest news in the Premier League this week. Chelsea, finally, it seems, have a striker who knows how the onside rule works.
1: Yeah. Um, scores with both feet, scores with his head, lays off assists. He's become a uh, very useful player at Inter Milan. By the way, take a moment for Inter Milan fans, how they must be feeling about all of this. Um, and he looks close to joining Chelsea, still not confirmed. Um, so anything could happen. But, you know, Lukaku coming back to the club that he came to as a, apparently supported as a kid, uh, and came to as a young man. Yeah. Um, So it's going to be very interesting. Wheels within wheels, so many storylines on this one.
0: Chelsea have agreed a deal is a report to sign Rom, who is said to have completed his medical this morning. 28-year-old Belgian striker expected to sign a five-year contract will return to Stamford Bridge. In so doing, Big Rom will overtake Neymar to become the most expensive player ever when he seals his $136 million Chelsea return after four clubs have spent a combined $404 million on him. Dave, I, I, I've got to ask, I mean, this is a this is an arc of descent and redemption for Big Rom. You know, to me, it means that he's resetting his career. He's going to sign for Everton again in two years' time. Welcome back, <laughs> Big Rom lad. Do you wish that
1: Chelsea had waited a season for Haaland? I don't know. I mean, it's tough in Chelsea's mind. Chelsea won the Champions League last year and they're still looking to improve immediately. And everybody else is improving, so they've sort of got to go out and do it. Perhaps they've been messaged that Haaland isn't going to come to them anyway. Perhaps the player, you know, indicated no desire to come and, you know, wear the uh, somewhere between Royal and Navy Blue uh, of Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So, I don't know. Look, he's the best striker available uh, in the world with or semi-available in the world, with Hallan not available. So I can understand why Tuchel did it. Take some pressure off Timo Werner.
0: Piles on the pressure on Timo Werner in a very different way. I mean, it is fascinating. Big Rom, that he would choose to return to the, I mean, his greatest professional humiliation, the scene of, um, just ahead of Manchester United, I guess. But he's a phenomenal human being, one of the most emotionally intelligent human beings I have met in the game of football. Um, And the fact that he wants to place himself back there and just go on this season of redemption tour is genuinely fascinating. I've almost felt he's such a beautifully emotional human being. He's almost too sensitive to watch him return and attempt to ascend and heal is going to be truly a remarkable Narrative. There's no doubt he is one of the greatest strikers in the game at the moment. I'm incredibly grateful that he's back in the Premier League. We get to marvel at him week in, week out. But how are you feeling about Chelsea in total ahead of this season, Dave? Tuchel facing a season, a full season, with a pre-season break. Do you actually believe that will help him? You know, he's had time to inculcate his rigorous ideas or there's part of your fear that all the momentum, all that energy that kind of just happened
1: mid-season on that sudden just turnaround wonder is going to fade away. Look, I think pre-season for all of these top teams is always uh, a bit of a mess. And so therefore the beginning of the season is a mess because so many of these top players are involved in international competitions and came back too late. I think it's given him a chance to look at some of his other squad players and have broader views. Really, you know, we haven't lost anybody, you know, That's significant. I think Giroud leaves. I think if Lukaku comes in to replace him, that's an upgrade there. As great as Giroud was, I mean, obviously, we're not quite as good looking as we were, but Big Rom's a good looking boy, too. So um, it's a. uh, I think Chelsea look better. You know, I think some of the lone army are coming back. There might be an opportunity for, you know, Trevor Chaloba or for Ruben Loftus Cheek. I don't think Ross Barkley's going to make the grade, but they're. Might be some opportunities for some players coming back. I think some of the younger players have got unloaded. I think Chelsea are in a pretty good place going into this season, um, and I think you're going to see the second year players, Kai, you know, you know, Zayek, maybe Timo, um, have a little better, um, you know, go of it. You know, we certainly saw that with 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 Kai at the end of last season. So look, how do we improve on last season? We won the Champions League, finished fourth in the Premier League, maybe a top three finish in the Premier League, unlikely to win the Champions League again. Um, Tuchel, cool. would he have a sophomore you know, slump after the excitement of coming in mid-season and everything going his way? I think he's going to have some challenges. I don't think it's going to be a straight line to success for Chelsea. It's far too competitive a league. Um, but I think getting a legitimate goal scorer and um, somebody who can knock the ball in the back of the net again and again and again, I think is a positive sign.
0: I guess the big question ahead of this season is this, Davo. Can you see anyone stopping manchester city
1: yes i think it's going to be a close premier league again and i think you know legitimately i think you'd expect an improved manchester united significantly improved manchester united um and uh you know chelsea and liverpool who you imagine are going to be back again with the big verge back um I think you're going to see all three of those teams mount a challenge. I don't think it's going to be as as simple as it was for City last season.
0: Last season, it started, we should say, and it's always hard to believe this happened. City had the worst start to a season ever under Pep Guardiola. We counted them out. How we laughed. We post-mortem them. um, And they still ended up cantering away with the title by a dozen points with the arrival and emergence of Ruben Diash healing their great wound and vulnerability at the back, Chelsea, it should be said, beat them three times in a row in the business time of in the business end of the season with a superb performance after performance inside their own box and being lethal, clinical, and occasionally on side when on the counter. You do, you look at Liverpool, they 've got Big Verge back, they've got Joe Gomez and will. <sighs> You know they'll believe at full strength that they can threaten all comers. Although I can't stop looking at that enormous Winaldom-sized hole that's been left behind in the midfield, not been filled, and I feel a joyous concern. But you're right, Manchester United—they are the greater knowner this season. They're going to take the field really under pressure to win this title this season for sure. Ole has to. No more, Mister Nice Guy has to end the club's four-year trophy drought and with the arrival of Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane from Real Madrid adding hope and expectation I'm genuinely excited to see the Varane Maguire partnership at the heart of Manchester United and if that clicks and everything can be built around it I think we're in for a title race for the ages.
1: One team we haven't discussed Rog rather uh, suspiciously is uh, the only team in the league that rhymes with Neverton. Got yourself a new manager you've got yourself some new hope how are you feeling ahead of the season, dare I ask? Oh. Darkness. Champions of the Florida Cup! You'll never sing that! Oh
0: my God, Dave, How just... Um, did you watch uh, our friendly against Manchester United this weekend? Nope. A 4-0 beatdown loss against Manchester United which ended um, in a viral video of Everton fans singing you'll be sacked in the morning to refer Benitez. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh. there, was a, there was a moment of this weekend when Jordan Pickford, albeit you know, uh, Lucadina was not blameless in this, but just conspired to bumble essentially a United goal into his own net at the very same second as Richarlison blasted an Olympic final penalty over the bar, at the very same second as a tabloid story was released saying, James announces, I only joined Everton because of Carlo Ancelotti. As if like, we all thought that James was some kind of childhood Jake fan. And I was like, Dave, I am prepared for the worst. I really am. Really the worst. What is
1: the worst, Rog?
0: All I'm prepared to say, as advised by my lawyers um, on legal advice, is this is going to be a long season of constantly counting the teams who are worse than us rather than aspiring upwards. This is a season of not in the face. Not in the face.
1: Oh, the R word that rhymes with delegation.
0: Bring it on! Can't wait. <laughs> Come on, new season. Big hope. Big hope.
1: Oh my word! This has reached in in uh, in eleven years of doing this. I've never heard you utter those words in your preseason prediction. Anyway, uh, since we last potted, Rog, the U.S. Women's National Team in happier news won bronze at the Olympics last week, defeating the Matildas of Australia four three in a good old fashioned defense optional shootout. The difference. Doubles for US Women's National Team legends, Carly Lloyd and Megan Rapinoe in what feels like the end of a remarkable era for this team.
0: Yeah, David, the bronze medal at the Olympics did feel like a last hurrah for a glorious generation of US players. Not the outcome they wanted, but credit them. They went out on their own terms, all guns blazing, two goals each for Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd in an all-attack, no-defense, NBA all-star style game against never say die australia christ Press, crystal Dunn, both stepping up to provide the kind of cutting edge and creativity that had strangely sorely tragically gone missing throughout the tournament australia a lesser team it should be said because their leon fullback ellie carpenter was suspended for the game they really seemed to miss her and the U.S. played free, as if free from pressure, free from a crushing rate, with joy again. A little later than they needed, but it must have felt good for, for Carly, 39 years of age; Megan Rapinoe, 36; Kelly O'Hara, who all started for what will most probably be their last tournament. To be honest, you know Alex Morgan's days are winding down quicker than we would probably all like to admit. And above all, I want to raise a razor glass. To Becky Sauerbrunn, who is one of the most graceful, intelligent defenders I've watched with my own eyes. She's just an incredible decision maker, even better captain, real poet warrior, and even you know better than everything. She's a bloody good human being, the pillar of the team, who constantly performs superhuman heroics out of the spotlight. And I think of Joni Mitchell: you don't know what you've got till till it's
1: gone. But Becky Sauerbrunn, God bless in the end a great win it was just lovely to see them all smiling and laughing and hugging each other at the end Roger it was just a nice moment it was David
0: and I want to say the future does look bright we need to make this clear as the legends move on a whole new legion of human wonder will have space to reveal itself Katerina Macario just 21 will now step up Midge Purse a total dynamo Sophia Smith 20 Trinity Rodman 19 Ashley Sanchez is 22 Emily Fox number one draft pick in the NWSL. Um, You know, this is the kind of debt which spells continuation of powerhouse status. So fear not, but we should say as a last word, congratulations, bloody amazing, incredible to Canada's women who won their first Mm -hmm. gold medal after bronzing twice in the two previous games. They were magnificent against the potent Swedes. It all went down to a penalty shootout. The hero was goalkeeper Stephanie Labbe who J-Dubs and I spent some time with before the Olympics and I had a tear in my eye watching her perform mind games to undo the heavy favourite Swedes in that penalty shootout. Labbe if you've not seen our film we've only tweeted it out about 87 million <laughs> times is an athlete who has spoken openly about her battles with depression caused by the pressures of the game, Olympics to Olympics. And I'll say this to her and to every Canadian fan, may this win bring only joy and the growth of the women's game in your nation, which I know you will cry out for. It was in Cajun, where I saw the constellations reveal themselves one star at a time.
1: Magnificent. Roger, beautiful. Okay, Rog, my favourite part of the pod with the start of the Premier League campaign, looming... Rog and his calendar have returned to a state of undying hope that this season will be different somehow. Fortunately for him, he's got a new signing with scheduling ability (laughs) made of gold to keep that hope high. For now, the American football fan's best friend, Google Assistant. To right this season
0: will be different, Davo. Rafa's at the wheel. Can't <laughs> wait to see where he takes this club before he gets poached by Real Madrid. Real Madrid, please bloody take him. Take <laughs> him now. Hey, Google, when will Everton play?
1: On Saturday, Everton will play
0: Southampton in Liverpool at 10 a.m.
1: Ah, oh, Rafa versus Ralph. Let the most forlorn man win. <laughs> if you're interested in a football match that could actually feature some, you know, Proper football, my Chelsea kick off the season at home to Crystal Palace at the same time, 10am Eastern on Saturday. Welcome back, Premier League. How about you let one of the little guys win this year? Okay, Rog, can we get one final twist with that exclamation point in a bottle of Jägermeister to bring us home?
0: I raise my shot of Jägermeister, that bolt of human emotion in a shot glass and the official shot of the Men in Blazers pod to young American male footballers who are seizing the opportunity to flee our nation and test themselves against the best for the best in Europe this summer. Tanner Tessaman, 19 to Venezia. Caden Clark, just 18 to RB Leipzig. Sam Vines, going to Royal Antwerp. John Luca Buzio, 19 again to Venezia. Cole Bassett in talks of Benfica. And perhaps most pertinently for all of us, in an inter European move, Josh Sargent, our friend, Davo, mm. said to be imminently about to announce a move. Ah, from relegated bremen in germany to freshly promoted norwich whose yellow kits will just perfectly set off his ginger barnet we love american soccer gritty on this show ever since the 21 year old from st louis appeared us live on stage in that fine footballing city during the 2018 world cup he's had his ups he's had a few downs and after a relegation season in which he he lost his confidence, understandably, but never stopped giving his all. He's that kind of hard-charging, gutsy player. He's old school. I can't wait to watch him adapt to the Premier League and compete for the coveted Men in Blazers American-American Player of the Year Award, Dave mm-hmm. We wish him Godspeed.
1: Yeah, assisted by Billy Gilmore uh, <laughs> in the Norwich midfield. I love it, Rog. Okay, you can follow us on Twitter at Men in Blazers, at MC at at Rog Bennett. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at MenInBlazers at Embassy Davis On Facebook, we are the Men in Blazers. You can always send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. You can always email us at MenInBlazers at gmail.com.
0: We'll see you on Wednesday
1: in the Spotify green room. Oh, absolutely. VendorPunk, Rodge. War Pig. Was that a Rabona? I like snacks. Balls win, balls win. Take that, Gloria. Balls lose. To Tweed. Abracadabra, rock on, mate. Kung Fu Fine
0: America. Love you, Davo.
1: Oh. Love you, Rod.
0: Oh, Lionel Messi, I know you're listening. God bless. Just dry those tears. It's all going to be okay. It's not, but just pretend it is. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.